your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 727 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And the Rangers coming off of a really nice 2-1 to shootout win in Colorado against the Avalanche. Igor Shosturkin winning round two against Alex Georgiev. Both of these games went to a shootout. And in fact, uh, the, the two games between the Rangers and Avalanche, that is. And in fact, those are the only two uh, New York Rangers shootouts that we've seen this season. And it was really nice to see the Rangers finally win a game that went past regulation. Because if you combine uh, the two shootouts and the overtime games that the Rangers have played this season, even after this win, they are now two and five in those situations. They really needed to figure out a way to win one of these. And of course they do. Artemi Panarin with the uh, walk-off goal, quote-unquote, in the shootout. And we're going to talk about that and a whole bunch of other stuff as well, including a crazy third period. Uh, Got to talk about the shootout and everything that happened there. Going to talk about some of the drama with Kale McCarr, you know, both during and after the game. Had a couple of things to say about Igor Shosturkin, so we will get to that. Uh, Ryan Carpenter also cleared waivers for the New York Rangers since the last time all of us spoke together, and he will now be in the AHL. Also going to... Uh, you know, just give the Rangers props for winning three in a row here. It looked like Gerard Gallant was maybe on the hot seat there, and I would have to imagine after three straight wins, uh, especially against the quality of opponents in the uh, Knights and the Avalanche specifically, you got to imagine the hot seat is cooling off a little bit. And yes, I realize the Avalanche were missing some key players, uh, namely Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog, but you know what? They're still the defending Stanley Cup champions. A win is still a win. They went on the road. They found a way to get it done. Uh, also going to talk about Igor Shosturkin a little bit here. He was absolutely fantastic, stopping 41 of 42 shots, and uh, one of the key reasons why the Rangers were able to win this game and, uh, you know, come away with two points and once again uh, post their third consecutive victory. But I want to go ahead and start with uh, some of the highlights from you know, toward the end of this game. The third period, the overtime, the shootout, it was one-to-one going into the third period. And at this point, it's basically crunch time uh, for the New York Rangers. You know, you got to find a way to, uh, if not win a third period, then at some point win something. You got to either win the third period, win the overtime, or win the shootout in order to, uh, you know, take two points here. And we've talked about how the Rangers have struggled at times in the third period this season. That seems to be finally, uh, you know, turning the corner a little bit. The Rangers had a fantastic third period against the Knights. They got the job done in the third period against the Blues. Very strong third period there. And a, a good third period here. Uh, obviously, nobody scored. It was tied 1-1 going into the third. That was also the score uh, when we headed into uh, the overtime period. But I thought the Rangers, at least, you know, they were competitive in the third period. A little bit back and forth. Uh, the Rangers actually had a power play in the third period where they didn't really get a whole lot of chances. It wasn't the best power play that you're ever going to see. But it's funny because right after the power play ended, I thought the Rangers really kind of picked up their game a little bit, started spending a lot more time in the Colorado zone. Uh, then it came back the other way. The Avalanche had a push down the stretch. Uh, Igor Shosturkin made a really, really nice stop, one of his best of the night, uh, with about 115 remaining. Uh, just a, a ton of action both ways. Uh, Georgiev and Igor both making a couple of saves. 
But Igor with a point-blank save, once again with about a minute and 15 seconds left uh, in regulation there. There was a wild scramble in front of the Ranger net. The puck was loose. Everybody's kind of whacking away at it, and the Rangers eventually clear out of the zone. And uh, like I said, the game eventually heads into overtime. Uh, the one play that I have to talk about, though, because this involved Makar, and like I said, there, there's a lot to say as far as everything that happened uh, with Makar in this game. Um, but there was a play in the third period where McCarr turned the puck over. Barclay Goodrow took it away uh, right in front of the Ranger blue line. Uh, you know, McCarr was trying to make a pass or, or do something to at least hold the zone for the avalanche. Goodrow takes the puck away, goes up the center of the ice. He's on a breakaway, and he's got McCarr chasing him from behind. He's going to the net, is Goodrow, and McCarr reaches out and trips him from behind. Nothing called. And I swear, the reason that nothing was called on this play... I mean, to begin with, you know that certain referees in this league, a lot of referees in this league, in fact, they tend to swallow their whistle a little bit in the third period, especially like in a tight game like this. And I just don't know that this referee was going to have the guts to not only call a penalty against McCarr in this spot, but give Barclay Goodrow a penalty shot as a result of that. Because Goodrow was so far past McCarr and he was so far in the clear and obviously McCarr is trying to chase him down from behind and he does and then he trips him but this was kind of an all or nothing situation if the ref was gonna call a penalty here he pretty much was gonna have to give Barclay Goodrow a penalty shot like I, I don't know how you can look at this and first of all say that it's not a penalty but if you do call a penalty here there's no way that you could just call this a trip and okay two minutes to the box for Kale McCarr no this is gonna have to be a penalty shot Barclay Goodrow was that much in the clear and there's always a little bit of gray area or there's usually a, you know some gray area when it comes to breakaways and you know should that be just a two-minute penalty or should that be a penalty shot no this one was gonna have to be a penalty shot and I think that might be part of the reason why uh, the ref just did not call it so obviously uh, that was unfortunate play continues Goodrow doesn't get his opportunity, and uh, Kale McCarr basically uh, just gets away with one there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the game ends up heading into overtime, and uh, the Rangers start the overtime period. They go Adam Fox, Mika Zibanejad, and Artemi Panarin. And this is a pretty crazy sequence here, because the Avalanche won the faceoff, and they had the puck forever, J just forever. It, it went a minute and 58 seconds until there was finally a play stoppage. Igor Shosturkin uh, made a save and uh, wisely held on to the puck because the Rangers needed a play stoppage in the worst way at that point. But it was just crazy to see the Avalanche possess the puck the way that they did. Um, Panarin actually made a really good play defensively. Uh, there was a situation where uh, Comfer you know, this is after the Avalanche have had the puck for well over a minute. Comfer all of a sudden uh, looks to make his move and just kind of explode up the center of the ice there. And Panarin saw it, and he got there, and he kind of cut him off a little bit and, you know, forced him uh, away from the net. But a nice defensive play by Artemi Panarin here. But this is absolutely crazy. Like I said, uh, Mika, Panarin, and Fox just could not get off the ice. Uh, eventually, there was a little bit of an opening, and Fox got off the ice, and uh, Miller jumped on. But Mika and Panarin were there for the entire first minute and 58 seconds of overtime. So they really hung tough. Uh, did not allow the Avalanche to score. And then, of course, uh, Igor Shosturkin makes a save. And speaking of Igor Shosturkin's saves in the overtime period, uh, there was a situation where Kale McCarr had a great, great opportunity, uh, took a shot from the slot, and Igor, nice glove save, reaching up, did a little bit of a windmill, I guess you could call it that. But to me, this was just a really nice save uh, against an excellent player. You've got a Norris winner up against a Vesna winner. I mean, that's good stuff. It, it's crunch time and, and two of the best players, you know, in the world, basically, uh, going one-on-one -on -one against each other there. And uh, Igor made a really nice save. And uh, I guess Makar was not impressed uh, because of, you know, some comments that he made after the game. 
Uh, we're going to talk about that in just a second. We're also going to talk about a couple of other things that Kale McCarr did, including uh, you know, trying to draw a penalty when there was nothing there, and also uh, a shot that he took after the buzzer in overtime and some of the controversy that sprang up for, from that. And we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, the shootout as well because, you know, Artemi Panera and Mika Zibanejad, I mean, it's just a joy to watch these guys do what they do in the shootout. And we're going to get to all that good stuff in just a second. But first, got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Simply Safe. At Locked On New York Rangers, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On New York Rangers listeners 40% off a new security system. But do not put this off. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report for a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real. 24/7 professional monitoring service costs under a dollar a day, less than half the price of traditional home security systems. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings anytime, anywhere. Do not miss your chance to save big on our favorite home security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. All right, I want to keep rolling here and uh, breaking down all the details from this game. Like I said, we're going to get to some of the Kale McCarr drama in just a second because there was no shortage of it, like I said, either during or after this game. But I do want to kind of take you guys through the shootout and just kind of relive that moment uh, together here. So you got Vincent Trocek going first for the Rangers, and there's always some conjecture like who should be the Rangers' third shootout, you know, person? designated third shootout guy, if you will. I don't know if there's really a name for it. But you know every shootout that the Rangers go to. I mean, Panarin's going to take a shot. Mika's going to take a shot. You know, we've seen Kako. We've seen Lafreniere. We've seen Adam Fox. We've seen Chris Kreider mix in there every now and then. Uh, Vincent Trocek getting his opportunity here. He goes first. Goes very wide to the right. Kind of slow going back in. Does a little forehand backhand move. And honestly, if he could have maintained control of the puck, I think he would have scored. Because he really kind of... uh got Georgiev to overcommit and move hard to his right. Uh, as we've talked about going back to his time on the New York Rangers, this is not a strength for Alex Georgiev in the shootout. And he was kind of exposed uh, when both Mika and Panarin uh, score on him a little bit later in this shootout. Obviously, look, Georgiev beat the Rangers in a shootout earlier this season. It's not like he can't possibly win in a shootout. But yeah, that was always a little bit of an Achilles heel for Georgie, uh, you know, the shootout in general, and just breakaways as well. But anyway, you get Comp for moving in. He goes first for the Avalanche. Uh, he goes wide to the right, couple of moves on the doorstep. Igor stays with him, uh, basically just gloved the puck down, squirted it up, had him the whole way. It would certainly seem. There was never a moment where you're watching this develop and you think, like, Comfer's going to score on this. So, obviously, uh, you know, nice job by Igor there. And listen, it's another good time to bring up the fact that, yes, there was no Nathan McKinnon. Yes, there was no Gabriel Landeskog. I'm sure we probably would have seen these guys in this situation. But 
again, injuries are part of sports. And there's going to be people who say, well, that win didn't really count because the Avalanche didn't have their guys. There's even going to be some Ranger fans who might still be skeptical about uh, what we're seeing from this team lately. And they try to downplay this win. You know what? Again, injuries are part of sports. It can happen to anybody. The Rangers have actually been pretty fortunate when it comes to injuries this season. Uh, Philip Heedles had to miss some time. I think Lindgren missed like a game or two. And Truba's been playing through some injuries. Besides that, I mean, there really hasn't been a whole lot, a knock on wood, obviously, and, you know, the Rangers' top stars have, have been fine, and they've been out there every single night, but again, I'm not going to feel any less awesome about this win, which turned out to be a very hard-fought, very impressive win, find-a-way kind of a win for the New York Rangers, just because the Avalanche were missing some guys. I mean, again, I don't wish injury on anybody, but injuries are part of sports. So anyway... Because Abanajad in the top of the second here, so to speak, uh, he goes to the left, back in toward the net, uh, just snaps a quick shot and scores. There wasn't really a whole lot to it. Um, he kind of faked like he might go to the backhand, went to the forehand, and uh, just snapped a shot, scored, gave the Rangers the lead. Then you've got Rontanen uh, going for the Avalanche. He makes a couple of moves, but Igor's in really good position, just like he was against Comfer. Knocks down the shot with his glove and uh, keeps the Rangers up one nothing. And then Panarin has a chance to win it. In the third round of the shootout, and that's exactly what he does. Uh, he goes in wide to the left, uh, you know, back in. I It's one of those things, if you didn't see it, just go see it. Because the amount of moves he made on the doorstep was just ridiculous. Uh, he eventually pulls it to his back end, roofs it. Georgie didn't look like he had a chance on this one. I mean, and he's not alone there. Uh, Panarin has made a lot of uh, good goalies look pretty human uh, on some of these shootout attempts that he's had over the years. But just really nice to see the Rangers win this game. Uh, the team was really excited after it ended. And uh, again, we said the same thing against Vegas. We even said the same thing against the Blues when they had that really good third period. You just hope that this team is starting to uh, turn the corner because it's not like the Rangers dominated this game. Uh, you could make the case, and a pretty compelling case, that they were probably at least a little bit outplayed in this game for the most part. The Avalanche outshot them 42-29. to uh, This would certainly qualify as a stolen win for Igor Shesterkin, but that's okay. You know what? Hey, Igor Shesterkin... According to uh, the voters last year, best goalie in the world. He wins the Vesna. It's okay to benefit from strong play from your goalie now and then. It's just a situation where you don't want this to happen night in and night out. We've talked about this in the past. The Rangers at times can over-rely on Igor Shesterkin. But if this is going to happen from time to time where Igor you know, steals a win for you, hey, that's awesome. It's great to have a, a big-time goalie. And again, I've said it in the past, but it's not lost on me the fact that the Rangers went right from Henrik Lundqvist to Igor Shesterkin when, you know, other goalies can't find a franchise goalie, or excuse me, other teams can't find a franchise goalie for decades and decades. So uh, yeah, Igor was awesome and a big part why the Rangers won this game. But uh, finding a way to win the game here, despite being outplayed, did the Rangers as opposed to finding a way to lose, which is something we, we saw them do a little bit too often uh, earlier this season. Again, three straight wins, big test tonight at home against the Devils, going for four in a row, which I believe without looking at it would be the Rangers' first four-game winning streak of the season. So uh, fingers crossed that they can pull that off. I want to also uh, go ahead. I want to talk a little bit about the Rangers' start to this game because I don't think it was ideal the first period. It's not like it was just awful hockey, but it wasn't good enough. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit more detail uh, in just a second here. But first, I just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by our good friends at betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer to hockey and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. 
And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And like I said, the first period for this game, we've seen worse from the Rangers this season, that is for sure. You know, it's not like it was a period where they were making all these terrible turnovers and, and they were just completely asleep at the wheel and, uh, you know, just playing lackluster hockey. It wasn't anything quite that bad. It's more just a case where you watch the first period and the Avalanche up one nothing when the first period ended. Uh, they got a late goal in the first period. And, you know, you, you watch it and you just kind of think to yourself, or I did anyway, and maybe some of you did as well. It's just kind of like, that's not going to be good enough. You know, if the Raiders play two more periods, like the period they just played, they're not going to win this game. And yes, the Avalanche were down some of their key players, of course. But again, still the defending Stanley Cup champions. That's just not going to cut it. You know, the Rangers in the first period, not not a good enough forecheck, um, not, you know, spending enough time in the attacking zone in general, uh, back on their heels a little bit too much, just didn't really find that fifth gear. Uh, they were skating okay, but nothing spectacular. Again, it was nothing absolutely dreadful, but it's just the kind of period that you watch it, and you know what you're up against in this Colorado Avalanche team, and you just kind of know, look, if they play this way uh, the rest of the game, they're not going to win this one. And, and they did pick it up from there. Wasn't perfect. And like I said, I think for the most part in this game, the Rangers probably got outplayed at least a little bit. But Igor Shesterkin came to the rescue as he's done uh, countless times over these past couple of seasons here for the New York Rangers. And it was nice to see the Rangers, you know, get a little bit better and a little bit better as this game continued. Um, the other thing that I certainly wanted to talk about here, we've kind of been teasing at the entire episode, but some of the drama with Kale McCarr. So, this is what he had to say after the game uh, regarding the save that Igor Shesterkin made against him in the overtime period, which we already talked about. That's what Kale McCarr had to say. I mean, for me, I just walked over to the slot, made a good shot, and I mean, he's their goalie is all about the show, so it went straight in his glove, and nice little windmill there. So, I know a lot of Ranger fans, like, got upset about this. It doesn't really bother me that much. I mean, people, talk is cheap, first of all. I mean, people can say whatever they want to say. The bottom line is that the Rangers won this game, and the Avalanche lost this game. And that's kind of the point that I want to make here is the only issue I have with it for Kale McCarr, it's like, hey, man, you know, take your take your loss like an adult. You got beat. You know, your team, you got a great team, defending Stanley Cup champs. Nobody can ever take that away. Uh, you're not going 82-0, and, and sometimes a team's going to come into your building and be better than you and just beat you, you know, one way or another, and that's what the Rangers did in this game. As far as, like, Igor Shesterkin being all about the show, yeah, he's all about the show when he's winning the Vezina last year and having literally one of the best goalie seasons ever. So I, I don't really know where that comes from. And, you know, was anybody on the Rangers, when the Avalanche beat the Rangers earlier this season, and Alex Yorgiev played uh, exceptionally well in that game, won the game in the shootout, did anybody on the Rangers, like, try to, you know, look at a save that Yorgiev made in that game and say, like, oh, well, that that save wasn't really that impressive, or he was kind of overdramatic on that save, nice little windmill, anything along those lines? Did any Rangers make any excuses like that? They did not. So, again, it, it comes back to me, just just take the, take the loss like an adult. I'm pretty surprised, frankly, that... Um, Makar, after saying that, didn't say something uh, that we've been talking about where, well, you know, we didn't have some of our best guys. I'm surprised that wasn't the next card that he played there. But regardless, that wasn't the only thing 
as far as, you know, Kale McCarr drama in this game, there was uh, something at the end of overtime that happened. But actually, first, I, sh I should mention this other play here. So McCarr is in the corner. Alexi Lafreniere is bearing down on him. He's going to deliver a big hit. Makar is able to avoid the hit. But when both players were coming out of the corner, uh, Makar kind of like snapped his head back like really suddenly and really violently despite there not being any discernible contact from Alexi Lafreniere to Kale Makar. So uh, maybe trying to draw some kind of a phantom penalty there. So there was that. Uh, there was also a situation where at the end of the overtime, the last couple of seconds here, the Avalanche get a two-on-one. And Igor Shosturkin makes uh, what turns out to be one of his best saves of the night and certainly one of his most clutch saves. Uh, he makes a sliding save to his right to Rob Taze at the last second. Either got it with his stick or his pad, but either way, he kept it out. Time's winding down at this point. Uh, the puck eventually goes back to Makar, and Makar very, very clearly takes a shot after the buzzer had sounded. This wasn't like a photo finish here, and, uh, you know, he, he let his shot go just a, a millisecond after the buzzer. No, no, the, the horn had clearly sounded. The period was over, and he took a shot anyway. And so Mika Zibanejad took a swipe at him, you know, kind of reached out and slashed him with his stick a little bit. Mikhail goes after Mika, shoves him in the head. So it, it's one of those things that was kind of just one thing after another as far as Kale McCarr is concerned. But again, it's not something that I'm going to go crazy about because, hey, the Rangers won the game. And that's who, he who laughs last, whatever that is. He who laughs last, laughs best. And that was the situation uh, with the Rangers here. So, uh, you know, McCarr can, can make the excuses after the game and all that stuff. But uh, the Rangers got the win here. A very nice win for this New York Ranger team. Very gratifying win as well. Also wanted to talk a little bit about a transaction that happened uh, from the last time that we all talked to each other, the last episode of Locked on New York Rangers. I was away for the weekend, which is the reason for uh, this episode dropping a little bit later than it typically would. Um, but Ryan Carpenter cleared waivers. You know, the Rangers placed him on waivers. They like the play they've been getting from Johnny Brodzinski. And he now goes to the Hartford Wolfpack, uh, does Ryan Carpenter. The other thing that kind of got everybody's attention is that on the same day that Carpenter was placed on waivers, uh, Kevin Rooney was also placed on waivers by the Calgary Flames. And I know uh, some Ranger fans thought, hey, you know, maybe some kind of a reunion here. Maybe the Rangers put in a claim. Uh, I didn't really think it would happen. You might look at Kevin Rooney's salary and think, oh, just $1.3 you know, what's the big deal? Uh, a couple of things, though. The Rangers, uh, they, I, I can't see them making a claim of somebody like Kevin Rooney just to, you know, then possibly be in a situation where at the trade deadline, you don't have quite enough money to land a big-time impact player that you really want to land. And the reason for that being you're paying $1.3 million uh, to Kevin Rooney. It doesn't sound like much, but that could be the difference between being able to acquire one of your big targets at the trade deadline and not being able to do so. And the other reason why I didn't think they would uh, pick up Rooney here is because he's actually on a two-year deal. So, I mean, I guess they could pick him up and they could always trade him away in the offseason if you have to clear some cap space, but... Uh, for that reason, the fact that he was on a two-year deal, uh, I didn't think that that would happen. And honestly, the way Johnny Brodzinski has played, I don't think it's really all that necessary uh, to bring Kevin Rooney back, which kind of leads me into the next thing that I want to talk about, and that's Johnny Brodzinski. Uh, he obviously has taken Carpenter's place on this roster, and the fourth line for the Rangers looks better than I would say it looks probably all season. And that line right now is Brodzinski centering Blay and Gautier. 
and they had another pretty solid night for themselves against the Avalanche here. They just seem to have a way of, you know, spending time in the offensive zone. Uh, they, they play physical. Gautier's played a little bit more physical this season than I think we're used to seeing from him. Johnny Brodzinski is, uh, you know, great hustle player and somebody that I think is, uh, you know, again, I've mentioned this in the past, but an ideal AHL, NHL swingman. And what an opportunity for Brodzinski here because he's not going to come out of this lineup the way that he's playing, I don't think. I know some people want to get Kraftsoff back in there. Um, if Kraftsoff goes back in, as far as who comes out of the lineup, possibly Gautier. I would say maybe Blay, but they're not going to take Blay out of the lineup. It would not seem. But Johnny Brodzinski, you know, he has never really stuck in the NHL. Uh, he's played with the Kings, the Sharks, and the Rangers, made his debut back in 2016-2017 uh, with the Los Angeles Kings, but he's never played more than 35 games in the NHL in a season. He's now 29 years old, and this might be an opportunity for him to top his previous career best. Uh, there could also be a situation where that doesn't happen because maybe the Rangers, when they make a couple moves at the trade deadline, whoever they might bring in, uh, he might be somebody that finds himself squeezed out of the lineup as a result of you know whomever they might pick up at the trade deadline. We will see. There's a lot of different ways this could play out. But as things currently stand, like I, I think Johnny Brodzinski has a pretty good grip on a uh, roster spot and a, a night in the lineup every single night. Now, I might say that, and maybe he comes out of the lineup to make room for Vitaly Krasov tonight against the Devils. You never know for sure. Uh, but given the fact that the Rangers are on a three-game winning streak, I would imagine they will stick with the same lineup uh, when they play the Devils uh, a little bit later here tonight. But it is kind of an interesting situation. And look, Brodzinski, 29 years old. I know the Rangers have Will Cooley with the Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, Lori Pahuniemi has played well there also. So... There might be some Ranger fans that want them to aim a little bit higher than, you know, a 29-year-old who's, again, an NHL, AHL swingman. But be that as it may, still a cool opportunity for him. And I do think he's played well uh, thus far for the Rangers uh, in limited action since he's uh, been called up from the Hartford Wolfpack. Also, just want to uh, mention a couple of things before we call it a day here is Rangers now 3-0 and since Jacob Truba threw his helmet against the Chicago Blackhawks. And I know when he did that, it kind of split the fan base a little bit. I mean, there's certain fans that no matter what Truba does, they're not going to be happy with him. And look, his play at times this season has left something to be desired, although I would say that both he and Ke'Andre Miller have been a little bit better recently. But look, I mean, they had already done the players-only meeting. They had already had Gerard Gallant call out the team once or twice. I mean, at a certain point, you got to do something to jolt these guys and wake them up a little bit. And if that entails, if you're Jacob Truba, firing your helmet into the boards, then so be it. You got to do something. And he did that, and it does seem like the Rangers have been a, a much better team since he did that. So, again, you just kind of keep your fingers crossed that the Rangers are back and they're going to continue to play uh, this brand of Ranger hockey that we've seen over the last few games here. Uh, something else that I wanted to mention is that the Rangers are now up to a projected $9.33 million in trade deadline cap space. So that is uh, quite a bit better than where they were at the start of the season when they were only projected to have about 3 or $4 million in cap space. Uh, that kind of stuff can fluctuate depending on some of the moves that you make. The Rangers actually technically sent Ben Harper to the AHL because doing so and only carrying 21 players, even if just for a couple of days, that adds to your... Uh, trade deadline cap space as well. So it's kind of just a procedural move. The only downside of that is that when you do this to a player, it does hurt them in the wallet. You know, he's not making his NHL salary right now, Ben Harper, uh, unless he's on the NHL roster. And so it's kind of unfortunate for him. And look, Ben Harper, even making the league minimum is at 750K. All these NHL players do well for themselves, but uh, that is unfortunate. You know, I wouldn't be too happy about that if I was him. And 
you know, I mean, he he's not making Artemi Panarin money. He's not making Adam Fox money. So uh, it does kind of hurt him in the wallet a little bit, which is unfortunate. But I suppose if you're Chris Jury or really any of the other GMs around the league, uh, you got to do what you got to do in spaces like this. And the Rangers want as much uh, trade deadline flexibility as they can possibly get for themselves. And they've done a nice job uh, clearing some space there. So... The only other thing, and I kind of mentioned it uh, a little bit earlier, but I just wanted to mention real quick that I, I got to believe Gerard Gallant's uh, seat is cooling a little bit. I certainly don't think after three straight wins that his job is going to be on the line against the Dallas tonight. You never know for sure. Uh, word is the Rangers have uh, an owner that, you know, isn't always the most popular among the fans. Uh, but be that as it may, I, I got to believe Gallant's job is at least a little bit safer than it was, uh, say, a week ago at this time. But I think we can pretty much wrap up for there. Obviously, the Rangers back in action against the New Jersey Devils uh, a little bit later tonight. Going to break that one down as well. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.